Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just wanna make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review, that would be very appreciated. All right guys, let's dive in. It was looking at the potential of what money I could make if I did it, you know, kind of full time that sure. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try it. So I flew out to Indianapolis and I took a, um, a class on how to buy an auction. And then I also took a wholesaling class and it was sitting in that wholesaling class that they were like, if you're not making five, $10,000, you know, on X, Y, and Z, you know, they started throwing out all these numbers, you know, and yeah. usually make this much per month and all that. And I'm like, they're just doing this many houses, like wholesaling, and I don't have to have any money. Like I was just, right. you know, so I came back and that's when I told my husband, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to try this. So nice. That's awesome. <laughs> You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you are serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thanks for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I know you could be somewhere else. We all could, but I'm here. You're choosing to be here and I appreciate that. So thank you. If it's your first time joining the show, I hope you love it. I hope you give it a rating and review. It just takes a second and it makes all the difference in the world. And if you've been listening to the show for months or even years and you haven't given it a rating and review, what are you waiting for? No time like the present. We're all stuck at home. Go give me a rating and review. Okay. On to the show. Guys, I have a good one for you today. I'm excited about my guest. It's someone that I've known for a little while now. Uh, she is uh, phenomenal. And her name is Sherry Daigadin. She is in the seven-figure flipping uh, group that I'm a part of. And you'll hear her talk a little bit about that. Uh, but uh, just an awesome investor, smart, smart woman, and someone that I'm psyched to bring uh, to you because she has a lot to offer. She's been doing this for a while, and and she's just really, really good at what, does, at what she does. Uh, Sherry's been involved in real estate since 2004, uh, beginning with the rental of her own home uh, when she was called to move across the country for her job. So over the next few years, having experienced both the highs and the lows of real estate, she decided to self-educate educate through reading and attending seminars and then launching her own business. Uh, in order to do this, she resigned her district vice president position after 18 years with her company. She was a high paid executive uh, with uh, what most people would consider to be like, you know, the, 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 the job of her dreams. Uh, but now she's happily wholesaling and flipping houses full time. And I'm really excited for you to meet Sherry. So without any further ado, let's get to the interview. Hey, Sherry, I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you for being on the show. It's uh, awesome to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. I'm just, you know, your, your name is making my phone think some, thinking that I'm saying uh, Siri. <laughs> 
Yeah. So every time I say Sherry, my phone beeps. So I just threw it across the room so we don't have to deal with that. That is, I was like, why does it keep doing, I was never does this because it sounds like I'm saying Siri. Awesome. <laughs> so we got that out of the way now. Um, all right, cool. So why don't we start with, I know a lot about you. Obviously I've known you for a while. You're in the seven figure flipping group and uh, I followed your, your progress for a while now. But for those of the, the folks who are listening who don't know you, why don't you go back a little bit? Let's go back before real estate and what were you up to? What'd your life look like? And what got you into the world of real estate originally? Sure. Um, so my background has always been in fitness um, since even in like high school. Um, I got a degree in sports medicine, um, exercise science, and um, got out and was going to get into the physical therapy world and hated it. So um, got back <laughs> into fitness and fast forward, I was in it, in fitness for about 20 years and um I grew with the company that I was with and I was living in Atlanta, Georgia and in living there, um, they asked me to relocate and go to, um, Phoenix, Arizona. And I had never been to Phoenix. So I didn't want to sell my house in Atlanta because we really weren't sure if we were going to want to come back. We weren't sure if we were going to like Phoenix. So, um, knowing nothing about real estate, I literally looked on back then, I think it was the penny saver whatever it wasn't craigslist or any of that stuff really <laughs> yeah. and looked to see what people were renting houses for and um it was like 1650 i think or something like that at the time so i stuck a sign with the home depot i stuck a sign in my house and um put it for rent uh that was in 2004. um went to arizona um ended up staying in arizona bought a house out there and um, that tenant ended up staying in that house for 10 years wow. and went really well. Um, I had a few hiccups along the way, but they were there for 10 years and um, it, it was pretty exciting. So when we moved from Phoenix to California, again, with my company transfer, we sold that house because we really didn't have any desire to go back to Phoenix. And again, I wasn't really at the time in real estate. Yeah. Um, and I happened to live in that house for 10 months and I made over a hundred thousand dollars because it was during the height of the boom wow. in 2006. Oh, how perfect. So we perfect. took that money, we invested it into Southern California and then took the other, so the, the remaining funds, we put some down, um, and actually bought rental properties, um, to people. It was on the MLS through an agent. Uh, they were selling two rental properties on the same street. They were getting divorced, had to sell bought those properties. And um, that started my interest in real estate. I was like, okay, this is really cool. I made a hundred grand in 10 months, um, was able to buy two more properties because of it. Yeah. And I'm now getting this, uh, I wouldn't, I was making great cash flow, but I was getting cash flow coming in. My mortgage was going down and I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So at that point I just started looking into everything I could learn about real estate and I'll fast forward. There's a lot more details in between, but decided it was really my passion and it got me excited. And there's just so many facets to real estate. Um, yeah. So I decided I was tired of the corporate world. Um, I was a VP at the time, um, one of the highest positions you can have in the company. And it's a billion dollar in international fitness chain. Wow. Um, there's not many of them, so you can probably figure out who it is. But um, <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I, um, but I was just tired of the corporate politics and I yeah. wanted to work for myself. I wanted freedom. And so um, I, you know, learned everything I could and jumped out. I looked at my husband on, in September, I think it was, and I said, I, I got to leave. I got to do this. And by November 
Um, I was given my notice in December. I was gone, and um, wow. back, and that's been almost four years now. So, um, what was the response to the folks that you worked with at this company when you said you're leaving? I always love this because I wasn't a VP, but I worked white collar job, mid level management, whatever. People yeah. thought I was insane, so they must have thought you were really crazy. Yes. Um, what well, came as quite the surprise, um, you know, I'd been with them, like I said, for, you know, almost 20 years and, um, th they didn't see it coming. I didn't really see it coming. It wasn't something I really even planned, but yeah. it just, I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing anymore. I was kind of at the top of where I could go. There was, there was sort of at a ceiling. Um, but yeah, they, I walked into my boss's office the day I went to quit and, um, you know, there was a lot of tears to be honest with you, but they, yeah, she was like, what are you going to go do? And I'm like, I don't really even know. I'm like, I love real estate. I really haven't quite figured it out, but I just know I need to go do it. And, yeah. and if I don't, I'll regret that. Um, and so I did. So I went and um, so, yeah, there was, you know, they left the window open, which was nice that if I wanted to come back, um, I could. My husband actually still works for that same company and really? he was there too. Yeah. So that was a little tough because I think they were questioning whether or not he was coming with me, but um, <laughs> he's still there and doesn't, doesn't plan to leave. So, uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, it was, it was mixed reactions, you know, because, and I don't know, I feel like in a way they probably weren't thinking I was going to, um, that I might fail. Right. Yeah. And that's why they were like, if you want to come back, things don't work out, you yep. know, you're welcome back. Yeah. So, I, I had a similar situation. I, there weren't tears in my case, but, uh, they, they said the same, like I could tell they thought like, okay, well, if you want to come back, you know, we're, we're open to that. Like it was very, very much like they, they thought that it may not work out in this corporate job you left. Was it, I assume it was just, it was just cold Turkey. I mean, you probably gave them two weeks, but I mean, you didn't give them us long three month runway or something before you were going to leave. Right. No, um, I gave them, well, so I think I, it was about a month. Um, I finished out until uh, December 15th and I think I gave notice like mid November. Okay. Um, so I gave them about a month. I didn't want to leave them high and dry cause I was in a position that was not easy to fill, you know, okay. and I'm um, had a lot of stuff on my plate, but, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a long time. And then I just, I jumped out and I went from there. <laughs> so at the time, it sounds like like you were doing some buy and hold stuff. And out of curiosity, you made that $100,000 from your house in, in uh, Arizona, and then you bought yep. two rentals. Where were the rentals located? Were those in Arizona or, or nope, California? they were in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, How did so, we get there? How did we end up in Raleigh? <laughs> um, so I had the, the existing rental in Atlanta. Um, and I went to college in North Carolina, um, just outside of Raleigh. And I had family back there. Okay. Um, my brother-in-law is there. So I had some ties there and mostly because the numbers there work, um, moving to Southern California, the numbers out here. Don't That's what work. I was thinking. You had a hundred thousand dollars and bought two rentals. Where in California can you buy two rentals right. for a hundred thousand? Right. Nowhere. Well, and I did put up, I didn't buy them for a hundred thousand dollars, but I bought them, you know, yeah. that down or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if I bought them for like 130 or, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, the numbers definitely work out of state and, and the, all the laws, the labor law or the, um, landlord laws in California aren't real favorable. So I just yeah. wanted to get somewhere where it was a little bit better situation and, and I could cash flow and get a better deal. Okay. That makes total sense. So how did you find the deal in Raleigh? Did, was it a family or friend, somebody knew somebody kind of thing? I, uh, no. Uh, well, I found an agent. I looked up agents online okay. um, and I looked for investor friendly agents and I happened to find one. Um, it's kind of another funny story, but um, so I reached out to this guy and um, started asking a lot. I had some interview questions I'd kind of set up of things I knew I wanted to look for. 
um, I set up to go out there and uh, meet with him. And I just, I wanted to meet him, make sure I felt comfortable with him. Yeah. And then he just started sending me deals. I actually bought these houses sight unseen, just based uh, after meeting him. We went and saw a couple of properties, but I did not buy anything at that time. Yeah. Um, he, my only, my concern at that point though, was managing them. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really know of a great management company. Um, so he said, you know what? I'll manage them for you. <laughs> so this agent started out a, you know, sort of property management aspect, um, just for me. And, um, I was just kind of only real out of state investor. And since then, now he's actually built a amazing property management company and has really? tons of clients and that's another arm of his business. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was actually his first client, which is kind of neat. Wow. I was going to say like, I would think if you just told me how that went and he was going to do your property management, but he's an agent, I would have said, well, that didn't end well, but that's good. It did end well. Yes. And I've gone to, so I also now own rentals um, that I've bought up in Indianapolis and I've used management companies there that are existing management companies and had horrible experiences and had to change companies and all that. So I got lucky with that one. I I, got to say my, the main reason I'm here full time and left a full-time solid six-figure VP position um, was because I had really good experiences mm-hmm. in the beginning and yeah. I luck or whatever it might be, you know, um, I know. it doesn't always work out that. And it hasn't necessarily been that smooth since. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? It's funny you say that. I say it all the time. The first deal that I did, and I think you you met my wife. We had dinner with you guys on the cruise. Yeah. Yes. Um, when the first deal that we did, she's ultra conservative. She's very, she doesn't like risk. It freaks her out. The first right. deal that we did, and we were partners back back then, if it had not made money, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. You'd have never met me. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking. So that first deal had to go well for yeah. me to continue on. I think it would have tanked the whole thing. So yeah. that, that's, that's interesting. So back then and for a while, and, and you said things have not gone smoothly since then. And I want to, I want to talk about some of that stuff too, because I, I really don't ever want to give people the impression that real estate is always smooth and everyone just is swimming in money all the time and everything goes great. Things don't always go well, but Back then, you were much more. It sounds well. You were exclusively rental focused, and I know you're right. not now. But um, what what made you do your first flip or wholesale, or wh- how did you get out of the just the rental track? Sure. Um, again, a little bit on accident. Um, so, as I mentioned, my Atlanta property was rented for ten years, and when when it came time to, for those tenants to leave. Um, I had to go back and, you know, fly out from California and go back to get that turned over and then try to get an agent in place. And when I got back there and did the walkthrough, the house was just, I'll have to say it was trashed. Um, and, and this was a a five bedroom, like 3000, it's not your normal rental, um, 2000 square foot house, but it was basically trashed. And so, um, my husband and I flew out. Uh, fortunately my father lives in Maryland and has an RV and he brought his RV down and I have amazing neighbors that are still there that brought over an air mattress and towels and sheets and all these things. And we basically camped in our house for a week for 10 days. And, um, we brought in all kinds of contractors, subcontractors, actually I subbed most of all of it out, new roof, um, landscaping roof, all new kitchen countertops. I did not do the cabinets. I have to go back and do that now, but, um, the bathroom, we we did the master bathroom. We did all new flooring, ripped up all the hardwood flooring, put on all new flooring. Um, I mean, basically an entire flip of a 3000 square foot house in about (laughs) a little over 10 days. They did, they started some of the work. Um, 
And then they finished after we, after we left, I had somebody that was there that kind of helped. Now, did you so, flip that house then or did you hold it still? I held it. Okay. I held it, but I had to, the, it was that bad. Yeah. It, it, it needed, the floors were trashed in, um, so new carpet upstairs, hardwood downstairs. Um, the roof just needed to be done. It just, you know, so yep. I redid everything and um, it's been rented now. Um, actually, probably going to be um, parting ways with these tenants at the end of their lease. They'll be leaving in October. So, so I basically flipped that house without flipping it. Right. right, I, right. I went in and I renovated it and it was kind of fun. I mean, it was coordinating all of the contractors, you know, the painters and the carpet people and all that and trying to just, and then my parents and whoever else was, you know, trying to do all the work. Yeah. Getting all that done and that amount of timeline was a challenge, but it was also fun. And it was sort of, it was neat to see the transition. Yeah. And at the same time I had started, okay, at this point I had started buying in Indianapolis and I was buying through a wholesale company. Okay. And what I would do is buy a wholesale house they they were turnkey basically so they would wholesale it to me i'd fund in the rehab they do the rehab and then they place the tenant and hmm. um and manage it so i bought two properties um out of, actually cash properties there and um saw that transition as well because i bought them like i said wholesale they were crappy they'd send me these things and i'm like wow these are scary yeah. and then i see what they did with them so it really started intriguing me and because i was able to do that one in atlanta from 3,000 miles away. I mean, granted, I was there, but I mean, I didn't live there. Yeah. Um, I just decided, I was like, wait, I should be flipping. So I came back and again, tried to do, learn everything I could. I started going to all these different meetups and RIA meetings um, in the evenings when I get home from work um, to learn about it. And it just, to me, I was like, this is, I can do this. Like, I was just like, I feel like I can do this. And yeah. it, it was looking at the potential of what money I could make if I did it, you know, kind of full time that sure. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try it. So I flew out to Indianapolis and I took a, um, a class on how to buy an auction. Um, and then I also took a wholesaling class and it was sitting in that wholesaling class that they were like, if you're not making five, $10,000, you know, on X, Y, and Z, you know, they started throwing out all these numbers, you know, and yeah. usually make it this much per month and all that. And I'm like, for just doing this many houses, like wholesaling, <laughs> and I don't have to have any money. Like I was just, right. you know, so I came back and that's when I told my husband, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to try this. So nice. That's awesome. So <laughs> an interesting story. I know. Yeah. So, okay. That turning point right there, when you, when you yep. went to that class, what, what, how long ago was this? Are we talking right now? That was in 2016. Um, the okay. end of 2000, I think I went to that class in like September, August or September of 2016. Okay. So since you've started, and we can go back to 2000, and I think you said four maybe, or when you did, when you first did the rental in Atlanta, what at what point in your journey to this point, and let's just, we'll go to a dark place for a minute. What was the worst point that you had in your real estate business? Like, you don't have to be super specific, but like, what were you feeling? What was going on? How close were you to just going, forget it? Or were you not close to that? Um, you said before I got into flipping full time. No, no. After? During since since you yeah since you well I mean you can go back before flipping you can go back before flipping but at any yeah. point in this real estate yes. journey that you've been on what's your lowest say. point? Yes, so I'd say there's been two probably really low points. Um, the first one was within the first. I'm trying to think. I think it was July. So I started kind of doing my in November of uh, December 2016 was when my last day with my job. And then January was when I started full force into advertising. 
by July, I was in tears. I think it was like July 4th weekend. I was in tears to my husband. And I'm like, I think I've made the worst mistake of our of my life, you know? And I'm like, I feel horrible because getting started, the amount of money you have to pay out every single month in advertising and, and just all the energy, all the, I mean, it was a lot of work. Um, it was a lot more time. I mean, I kind of quit so that I could have more freedom and more time and (laughs) I had way less time and I was spending out tens of thousands of dollars a month basically to, um, in advertising to get, you know, the phone to ring, I would go on appointments and I was getting shot down, you know, by sellers and I'm thinking, okay, this is crazy. So I had done one deal. Um, and I made a whopping, well, I didn't say made, I, I, my assignment fee was like $13,000 and that was in April. I had been spending like 10, $15,000 to get this business going for the first couple of months leading up to that. Right. By July, I didn't still have another deal. And I was like in tears. I'm like, how am I going to dig out of this hole? I'm spending our, you know, all of our savings and yeah. this is not that easy. I'm not making these numbers. This guy said, yeah. so I was, I was really close to throwing in the towel and, and going back to the job. I mean, cause I was in a, pretty good position making good money yeah yeah. uh, we basically cut our income in half when i left because we we sort of did the same job my husband and i so so it was it was very hard um watching that money just sort of trickling not trickling just running out the door um and not having any you know success coming back was hard it was literally two weeks after that conversation with my husband and I was crying and I was, I was literally, I was like, I can't spend any more money in advertising. That's the first thing you want to do is stop advertising. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I just, I'm going to work these couple leads, which I didn't have that many leads yet. You know, it was like, it was really in real, realistically only six months. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to stop. He's like, keep, I, I've got faith. I mean, thank God for my husband. He's like, I've got faith in you. You can do this. You're going to do great. You're new. You know, you're, you're getting there. Two yeah. weeks later, I signed two contracts. Um, and one of them was probably one of my third highest, you know, in the beginning, um, it was for almost $70,000. So it was like a big, wow. you know, it was a good, it was good profit. Right. That's awesome. I was back in the game. Right. And it was like, yep. wait, I, I turned that around that quick. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It gave me that hope again. Um, I went again until like December and had no contracts again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so again, I was like having that same conversation with my husband going, I just don't see how we ever are going to get ahead in this. And literally again, I think it was a couple weeks after that I did, I, I did another deal. So you have to be patient. And I think it's that I'll say sort of grit, you know, and just and yep. going through those painful moments and seeing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I think yeah. if it was just me by myself and not my husband, I would have like your wife. It's like, I would have just given up. Like I'm too conservative. I would have been like, this is just crazy spending this kind of money. Yeah. Um, but I had that cheerleader and he kept telling me just go, go, go. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, do or die. Yeah. Right? That, that's awesome. And, it, it does help. I will say it does. I mean, the, the, you cannot underestimate the, amount of pressure that it can relieve and the amount of help it can be to have a spouse that's on board and you're not fighting them because it's so much harder to keep going when it gets tough. And to use a, a, a maybe a really lame uh, exercise analogy to this, they say, you, the saying is when you're like lifting or bench pressing, whatever you're doing, right. like when you're ready, when you feel like I have to quit, 
like the next reps you do after that are the ones that are really giving you the most benefit, right? So, and it's usually, you're usually so doggone close when people are ready to quit. And that's usually the difference. The people who do just go, forget it. Like they go, doesn't work. I tried it and it doesn't work. And the people who just go a little bit more than they think they can, usually that's when the successes happen. So, yeah. It's that old picture where the, you know, guy's hacking away to the gold and stops and then the other guy comes and knocks it out, right? Yeah, exactly. you know, and I've had in my only other, it's kind of ironic. The only other um, really low point I had was this house that I'm sitting in here. It's, um, I was going to ask you if that's a Zoom, like virtual background. It looks like a virtual well, background. It's so nice. It is a virtual background, but it oh. is a real background of a house that I renovated. Oh. Um, so it's a picture of a property that okay. I renovated. and um, But it's also one that I lost a lot of money on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's beautiful for the record. It's beautiful. <laughs> it was. I it actually, I, did, I mean, it was, it was what my first loss. Um, the first property that I actually truly renovated and, and lost. Um, I did it as a joint venture with another group. We bought it in a 55 and older community. Okay. And um, there was a lot of inventory and we over improved it thinking we'd stand out from the competition. But in 55 and older, they want a deal. They're, look, they're buying their last home in some ways and they want it to be a nice but yeah. value. Yep. So everybody else's that were nice enough sold before minded and my my you know holding costs kind of killed me. So yep. but anyway, but those are some dark points that, you know, but again, you can't let one one sure. property define you, right? And in totally. one situation. <laughs> All right, guys, sorry for the interruption, but I just want to really quick remind you that Flip Hacking Live this year is on October 15th, 16th, and 17th. It's going to be packed full of amazing real estate investors just dishing, telling you everything that they're doing in their market to be successful, to be profitable, to scale, just all of their secrets and and tactics and tricks that they're doing to be successful in their market. And because this is a virtual event, now we're going to bring this to you live in your home. You don't have to travel. All of the worries about traveling and COVID and are people going to be wearing masks? Are they going to try to shake my hand? Like, How far are we going to sit apart? All of those fears, if you had them, are gone because we're going to bring it right to your house. So the fact that it's a virtual event, in my opinion, probably means we're going to be able to make this even better. I'm going to be speaking at the event. It's going to be amazing. We're going to send out swag boxes. You're going to get free stuff. It's just going to be awesome. And right now, the tickets are so cheap. They're only $2.97. That price is going to go up. And that's exactly why I'm interrupting this right now to tell you the price is going up soon. Go grab your tickets now. You can go to www.best realestateevent.com. That's a new URL. It's a little easier to remember, and I thought that would be helpful. So go to bestrealestateevent.com. If you go and get your tickets before the end of August, send me proof that you bought them before the end of August. I will enter you in a drawing for me to pay for your ticket. So this thing could even be free. It's a no-brainer, guys. The cost of the ticket is insanely low. It's not going to stay this low. Go grab it now or you will regret it because this is going to be an event like no other. So go grab your ticket. Go to bestrealestateevent.com and I hope to see you there. All right, let's get back to the interview. You mentioned you know, the amount. Of, I think a lot of your... your um, frustrations or the the stuff that you were struggling with was how much money you were spending on marketing versus what you were making. What are you doing now to generate leads? What What is like working best for you now and how do you approach lead generation nowadays? Great question. Um, I've changed that around a little bit and I've got a few things in the pipeline that I'm working on that I think are just it takes a lot of energy. So I do my, I do your typical direct mail, um, you know, direct mail and online is definitely, you know, an avenue I go through, but, 
Um, where I really am finding more and more success is through networking. Um, so I do a lot of, um, I'm a member with BNI, I don't know, um, Business Networking International, mm -hmm. and they are a referral company that they're, you're kind of incentivized to try to, you know, refer to people within your group. Yep. And I signed on with them about two years ago, and it's been amazing. Um, the property that I'm working on right now, it's a, um, a, an ocean view property, um, about 2,200 square feet, four bedroom, three bath in Rancho Palos Verdes, if you're familiar, it's up on, uh, up on a hill. Hopefully it's going to be an amazing deal. I'm almost done. Uh, but it was through, I got that property because I had a relationship in this networking organization and it's just one of several that I've gotten, but I was able to do a creative deal where I was able to do seller financing. Um, we're doing sort of a little bit of a profit share at the end to make the deal work. I don't want to say I don't have any advertising dollars in it because I, you know, there is a cost associated with the right. membership, yep. but it's very minimal overall. It's, you know, it, it's a minimal cost. And so those types of deals are, are amazing. And yeah. um, I'm getting more and more traction from that type of stuff. Um, so I'm using a lot of networking. Yeah. Just networking. Everybody know what I do. Totally. And I mean, networking, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to get leads and some ways are just straight up buying them, right? Direct mail is basically buying leads and then relationships and networking take more time and more energy, but yes. in the long run, the return on the, on the investment is astronomical. Can you talk about the deal that you're doing right now? Like more specifically <laughs> numbers wise, are you, are you comfortable with that? Yeah. It's, it yeah, is a cool so, deal. Yeah, this is a very cool deal. So this is, um, so I bought the house from uh, the seller for 920,000 was the purchase price. She is holding uh, the seller, it's actually us, uh, two sisters. So they're holding the note for 720. They wanted 200,000, $100,000 each up front for just, they were a little nervous. They, they had an attorney involved because, you know, not doing this before. They were a little yeah. nervous about like, what if they couldn't get their money out? So they wanted some kind of comfort and he asked for a sizable down payment. So we went back, we decided to give them 200,000, 100,000 each. And then um, I put it on a seller financing at, originally it was no payments, but then the attorney also got back involved and said, no, they need to make payments. So we're doing 5% interest and it's just interest only, obviously, for the, the time that it's um, sitting out there. And right now I'm on uh, five months. Okay. So so on top of that, it was going to be about, it's about $350,000 what I've got into it right now as okay. far as the, uh, the renovations. So the price points of these houses are very expensive. And with yeah. the advertising I'm spending and all that, I was like, this is going to, you know, these numbers still might kill me on hard money. So I brought in an equity part partner. Um, that came in basically um, they came in with the other the two hundred thousand dollars up front and the renovation um, uh, money okay and they're bringing in most of their crew um, so what we did on this deal is I'm just doing a I'm doing a 50 50 split profit but I have no money in for the deal. yeah Let's perfect so <laughs> if my math is correct and believe me there's there's room for error in all my math but 920 plus 350 is 12 seven I'm sorry 1.2 Two one million two hundred seventy thousand. Um, okay. What do, what do you project the house will be sell for? Well, we had the coronavirus come up, so yeah. I'm a little nervous with all of that because of jumbo loans and stuff like that. But when we first got into it, our ARV was around one point nine. Okay. But we're gonna go out on the market. Um, hopefully Memorial Day weekend. The plan is to go out, and we're gonna try to go out at one point eight and maybe okay. one point eight fifty. Okay. Um, 
So that's that's where we're at. We don't know where we'll you know settle in. But okay. Yeah, that's that's a heck of a deal. And for a person who let's rewind now, if if any of you are like your your minds are swimming because of the high number, remember she has no money into it. Like she has an equity partner. It's a fifty fifty deal. You're giving up half of it, but you put no money into it. Like that's you know some people. I I did when I first started real estate. I had no money then, and I would do fifty fifty deals, but I had no money into it ever. And and honestly, I do a lot of uh, rental stuff now that are like 50-50 cash flow splits, but I don't have any money to those either, right? So whenever you can get into stuff without any money down of your own, and it's just a little bit of time and energy and finding deals, like that's that's incredible. And, and for people who go, I don't have any money, I can't do real estate, like, come on. You just have to be a little bit more creative, right? Yep. Well, and that's what sold me on getting into, you know, into this was realizing that you can do this without having to have your money into the deals, yeah. you know, whether it be the wholesaling or whether it be, you know, using private money. So it's, yeah, it can be done. You know, it, you just got to be creative. And totally. I mean, that's when she came up and said, I need $200,000 down and it's going to cost me, you know, it's going to cost me 350 or more in renovations. I was like, that just kind of blew up my numbers initially with hard money and all that. Yeah. Just got more creative, and I was like, "All right, who wants to do this with me?" Yep, it's totally. It's it. It can never like if you're an entrepreneur and you want to do this kind of business or any business, it it just can't be. I can't. It has to be. How can I? It it has to be. And uh, you know, with the Corona thing, you mentioned that. You know, it it is it is. You know, we can't we can't help that this happened. Obviously, but again. I don't see you're not doing this, obviously, and and uh, but some people are looking at this as like it's almost like a, a convenient way for them to like fail. And right. th- you can really go one or two ways when life gets a little tough. You can right. quit, or you can like buckle down and and, and work harder. So I, I applaud that you're 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 doing this. Obviously, it's a it's a fantastic deal. It's a creative deal, but it's not something that you nobody can replicate. This is replicatable wherever you live. It's it's possible to find these kind of deals. So, where what's the plan for the future? Assuming coronavirus doesn't completely change the landscape, which I personally don't think it's going to, but assuming it doesn't, what what is your what are your goals for the next couple of years? Like, where are you trying to go? So it's interesting, and I'll do a shameless plug here, but um, you probably, you're familiar with Nina Ferrero. Yep. Um, so I've been working with her, and I actually had my meeting with her this morning talking about our goals and kind of shifting this a little bit. Um, my my whole goal with getting into this when I did decide to flip full-time was really not so much about the flipping, but it was a means to the end of getting more rentals faster. Okay. Um, so my, my goal was to take the money and the profits from – flipping and you know obviously reinvest some of that back into my company but more so to pick up rentals gotcha. um unfortunately i have not done that <laughs> <laughs> i've been so focused on learning and you know really getting into the groove of the flip and i had my first year was pretty rough as i explained yeah. <laughs> uh two deals or whatever it was or four deals but th- now i'm at a point where um that's my new focus and so my goal is to pick up as many r- rentals as i can i'd like to get to where i have enough passive income that I can live the way I want to live and then flip, flip and do all this for fun. Right? Yeah, or, exactly. You know, so that's ultimately my goal. Um, you know, I'm still trying to, you know, flip a couple houses, you know, a, mo- a month is kind of, you know, out here, you don't have to do the volume so much. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. Try to stick with the flipping, but taking those proceeds and flipping them into rentals, whether it be in India or any of these other markets where you can buy something for cash for 75 grand and make, thousand dollars a month in rent. <laughs> okay. 
Michigan's one of those markets, by the way. Um, so I'll hit you up. Yeah. You got to hit me up on that. Okay. So I I get what you want to do now. So you're, you, as far as rentals go, you're open to wherever theoretically. I mean, as long as it makes sense, right. The the money makes sense. Anywhere outside of California. Yeah. Outside of California. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have like, you guys have like rental rent control laws or something, right? Yes. I, I just yeah. spoke to someone earlier today who said that's happening in New York now too. Like that's oh. a thing in New York. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's no good. So the rental side of it, a single family, is that the goal or just a bunch of an army of single family houses or multifamily? So it, yeah, you know, I've always had the mindset of single family, but I'm now, my husband and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks, again, with this kind of coronavirus, we're just talking more and more about different, you know, sort of changing things. I think, now I'm looking more at maybe fourplexes as the next step. Okay. Um, there's still familiar. There's still sort of a single family, you know, same concept there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have one vacancy. You're still getting income, sure. right? It, yep. There's just those numbers work a little bit better. One roof. Um, yeah. Exactly. And I'm actually I'm actually open to moving into say a you know a fourplex you know or a, a triplex or something like that. Um, and then renting it, you know, whatever makes it work to make it yeah. make money live for free, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. So I just for a second want to touch back on the on the um, ref, uh, referrals and relationships. Other than BNI, by the way, are, is there other referral relationships that you're cultivating? Is there more to that than than just being in the BNI network? Yeah, I mean, it extends everywhere. I mean, I go to REI meetings, um, you know, REA meetings as much as possible, and. Um, just anywhere. I mean, it's one of those things, real estate, you can't do from sitting here at a computer or a desk, right? Like you've got to be out talking to people because like one of my other referrals that I got was from, she owns a car, um, what do you call it? Repair shop. Okay. And so she owns a car repair shop. Never thought she'd be somebody that would send me a referral, right? You're thinking like attorney or real estate agent, right? Something like that. But her son goes to school and has a teacher that inherited a property. And it happened to be a hoarding situation, um, and so needed a sort of unique, you know, buyer. Not not to say just put it on the MLS. Yeah. There was a lot. There was actually quite a few dynamics to this particular situation. So they brought me in, and um, what was amazing about this situation was because it was probate, she had to show that she was getting the highest price. And honestly, I don't know that I'm always the highest price, right? We're, we don't want to be the highest price. Right. price you, know, you want it to make sense for the client and for us. Sure. Um, but, you know, she, we brought in multiple um, other people to look at this property. But because I had built the relationship with the seller and because the, my person who I had a relationship knew me and yep. knew how I did business, I was able to still get the deal um, and make it work because of that relationship. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I stepped on no, okay. Um Yeah, I think the 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 moral here and what I heard you say throughout that was that you let you let people know what you're doing. Like you just talk about what you're doing, and you don't know. It's hard to always know where the referrals and the and the leads are going to come from. You know, it's just okay. things like that. Like who would know this person who owns this the shop yep. had no somebody. So. You know, that was one thing, one mistake I made early on, and I just want to impress on people listening to this, especially if you're new, like, don't be bashful about what you're doing. Like, talk about it because you just don't know. Not only that, that's how I found private investors early on. I was just going to say, that was the next thing I was going to say. That's where you find your private Totally. 
yeah, if people don't know what you're doing, they don't know what you need. They don't know how they can help. And you'll be surprised who might come out of the woodwork to, to help or want to get involved. And, you know, pretty much all my private investors have been people who liked the concept of real estate, but didn't have the time or the energy or the desire to learn it and do it themselves. But they want to participate in that in that world because they know that, that that's a great place to put their money. So that that's a really important lesson, I think, for people to, to talk about what you're doing. Don't be shy about it. So to that end, uh, Sherry, uh, I'm sure you go to RIA's, I, that I guarantee you go to RIA's, you get asked by newer investors, like, what do I do? How do I do this? Do you have, what, what advice do you give to people who are getting into real estate and just don't know what to do first? Just get started first off. Yeah. Whoa, look at that. You're like, you're, you're totally the mantra of the show, right? Just start. I agree. Just get started. But yeah, that, go ahead. I, I, I'll cut you I mean, off. Yeah, it's, it, I generally will say that, you know, get started. I mean, the first thing is, you know, find a mentor too. You know, someone say like myself that is out there doing it and, you know, follow them around because that's actually a lot of what I did too in the beginning yeah. um, was I went around to other investors and I went on some appointments with them. You know, just, just kind of submerge yourself into it don't be afraid. I mean, I, I just tell people, like I said, just, it's not easy. I'm not going to be the first person. It is not easy. It is yeah. hard. I, my whole first year, like I said, I think I did three year, three deals or four deals that year and was spending out tons of money and was in tears, you know, half the year. So it's, it's not easy, but sure. you got to get going and pick one thing, pick one like marketing channel, you know, one yep. thing, whether it's direct mail or cold calling or whatever that might be. And then, you know, mentoring, I mean, I obviously joined seven figure flipping. It's been probably the best thing I've done out of everything I've done. Um, there are groups out there that, um, you know, real groups that have seasoned investors that are willing to kind of also, you know, take you around, but yeah. join something like a seven figure flipping that's going to give you people that are doing it that are giving you things that will save you time so you don't have to make the mistakes that they've already made. Totally agree. I I, re, I resisted masterminds and coaching. Like I resisted it for years because I was just being pigheaded about it. I just thought, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like what could they possibly tell me that isn't something I could just figure out on my own? And while that might be true, I, what I didn't calculate in was all the mistakes I would make and what that would cost me and the time that it would take me to just figure it out organically and what that time costs. And as you get older, and I'm getting older, time really is important <laughs> to me right now. Yeah, time, well, time. I look older, but time is, is, uh, is really important to me right now. And if I can pay a little money to shortcut the time and the learn curve and the mistakes, which by the way, in real estate, you know, mistakes can be costly. You know, it's not, we're not talking about tens of dollars. We're talking about hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions if we're in California. So um, buying some some speed is always a good thing. Um, Sherry, before we go, let's, if someone wants to reach out uh, to you to ask you, talk to you about your business, or if there's somebody, if there's a lender out there that's listening and is going, she sounds great. I love what she's up to. I love the way she sounds. And they want to reach out to you and talk to you about helping out, getting involved, funding a project. How can they do that? Um, yeah, probably the best thing is to email me. Um, it, it, I can, I mean, I'll give you my phone number as well, but, um, you know, email is easiest just because I am in and out appointments and running all over the place. So I'm a little harder to track down sometimes. Yep. Um, but my email is uh, Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, uh, at, and then real results, realty, LLC.com. Got That's it. That. Real results, realty, LLC.com. Got it. Um, and then uh, my phone number is uh, 714 
916-216-2678. But yeah, I'm happy to, you know, talk to anybody if they're interested. And I, I've been doing this podcast since 2013, and I've literally only had two occasions where someone gave out their phone number. And they've both <laughs> happened in the last, like, two weeks. It's the crazy... All right, I'll put it out there. Well, you I, did just I put it out there. I will answer it if I don't recognize it. <laughs> so that's the message. Leave a message or text. Don't yeah, expect yeah. her to pick up if you're uh, somebody she doesn't yeah, know. It is easier via email, like I said, just because you know I am out and about and I'm doing appointments. So sure. I was at an appointment before I came here and people were calling me and I'm not answering. So. Yeah, totally. And we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put the, the, the phone number and the email in the show notes so you guys don't have to – don't pull over or get in an accident. We'll put those in the show notes for you. Sherry, listen, it's been awesome. Uh, I love every time I get to see you. You're an incredibly inspiring person. Uh, I love your go get it attitude. And I really love your I will figure this out and, and I will win attitude because I, I just love being around those kind of people. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, thank you for being here for that interview. I had a lot of fun talking to Sherry. She's a cool lady, smart, knows her stuff, great at raising money, great at networking, really, really smart, and she is a fighter, and I love that. I love, love, love people who do not let the world get them down, do not let them, uh, does not let the world keep them down, and they always come up swinging, and uh, those are the kind of people that I choose to surround myself with, and Sherry's definitely one of those people I see her on a very fairly regular basis. She mentioned it uh, during the interview that the seven-figure flipping group has been the smartest thing she's ever done joining that group, and and I could not agree more. It's phenomenal, smartest thing I've ever done in real estate as well. If you want to know more about the seven-figure flipping group, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com and check them out. Uh, you can shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com. I can give you some info about it as well, uh, but definitely check it out. Uh, but yeah, Sherry, Sherry's awesome, and I hope you guys got a lot out of that. She's doing some creative deals, and that is something right now in this climate with coronavirus and everything that's going on in the world, creative deals, seller financing, seller carryback, all these kind of deals that we have always talked about, they are going to be really important to this industry. I think it's really going to be a game changer. So uh, let's let's pay attention to that and get out there and learn how to do those do those deals because I think they're going to help keep some of us uh, going and going very, very strongly. So uh, other than that, guys, th- listen, uh, creative deals, raising money, networking, all this stuff doesn't work when you're sitting at home thinking about starting. You have to go out there and just start. So get out there and start. Make today a great day. I'll talk to you next time.